Hey church, it's Jonathan Brocious. Let's pray together today. There's something intense about a person's last words, isn't there? Why is this, you think? Why do we think that these words, a person's last words, are so important? Well, I think it's because as we cruise through life, we just aren't thinking about our death. We don't think deeply about the words that we say because we think there will be many more years to say lots more words. But when we know that death is coming, that changes how we pick our words. All of the sudden, we don't have any more opportunities to clarify. We don't have a chance to change our mind. These words are the last things that we will say, and what should they be? I found a list of some of the famous last words on the internet, uh, thanks to trinityfuneralchapel.com for these. One came from the French grammar expert Dominique Bouhours. He said, I'm about to die or I am going to die. Either expression is used. (laughs) Karl Marx said, go on, get out. Last words are for fools who have not yet said enough. Winston Churchill said, I am bored with it all. Playwright Wilson Misner was speaking to a priest that had just come into his room. And he said, why should I talk to you? I've just been speaking to your boss. And then my favorite was banker Richard B. Mellon. And he said, last tag. Evidently, he and his brother had been playing a game of tag for decades. As he was about to die, he motioned his brother to come over and whispered in his ear, last tag. (laughs) His brother was it for four years until he died four years later. Reading these words, though, fascinates me. I think it shows something about the person. Some of these words are sad. Some are bitter and angry. Some are funny. Some are ironic. You know, and the same goes for Jesus. We've been studying his last words for the last few weeks. But here we are as we launch into Holy Week, the week before Easter. And we've made it to John 17. John 17 is a crucial passage of scripture known as Jesus' high priestly prayer. That's a really big fancy term that means it's a prayer that Jesus prayed for us right before he died. This is the last thing that John wrote down from the conversation with Jesus at the Last Supper. After this, Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray by himself. Then he went through his kangaroo trial and was hanging on a cross by noon of the next day. So this prayer is really important. Jesus even starts the prayer by acknowledging that he was out of time when he said, Father, the time has come. Jesus was feeling the urgency of this moment. This prayer is important. It's some of the last words of Jesus. As I started studying John 17 to write this week's podcasts and posts, an idea crossed my mind. What if we all took John 17 and read it a couple times a day together leading up to Easter? I think this could be a great way to get our minds prepared to celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus this year. Consider this your invitation to join me on that. If you choose to do this with me, there's a couple things for you to think about. First, Jesus seems to speak in circles sometimes. And we need to get our minds wrapped around this because this is how people spoke back then. It was a different culture and they presented their information differently. The author would not logically progress through several points and then give the conclusion. Instead, he would present the information, then back up and repeat himself, but from a different angle. This makes our Western brains feel like the passage keeps starting and stopping since we aren't used to hearing information presented this way. Try to look for this as you read John 17. 
It'll make it a lot easier to track what's going on. And then second, keep a list of all the things Jesus asked for on our behalf. I'm excited for the Holy Spirit to keep making these things true in my life. So here we go. We'll do our first reading today as we close out the podcast. Here is John 17. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he looked upward to heaven and said, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son so that your son may glorify you, just as you have given him authority over all humanity so that he may give eternal life to everyone you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. I glorified you on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me at your side with the glory I had with you before the world was created. I revealed your name to the men you gave me out of the world. They belonged to you and you gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they understand that everything you have given me comes from you because I have given them the words you have given me. They accepted them and really understand that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. I am praying on behalf of them. I am not praying on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those you have given me because they belong to you. Everything I have belongs to you, and everything you have belongs to me, and I have been glorified by them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them safe in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one just as we are one. When I was with them, I kept them safe and watched over them in your name that you have given me. Not one of them was lost except the one destined for destruction, so that the scripture could be fulfilled." But now I am coming to you, and I am saying these things in the world so that they may experience my joy completed in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Set them apart in the truth. Your word is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I send them into the world, and I set myself apart on their behalf so that they too may be truly set apart. I am not praying only on their behalf, but also on behalf of those who believe in me through their testimony, that they will all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. I pray that they will be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. The glory you have given me, I have given them so that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be completely one so that the world will know that you sent me and that you have loved them just as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am so that they can see my glory that you gave me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, even if the world does not know you, I know you and these men know that you sent me. I made known your name to them, and I will continue to make it known, so that the love you have loved me with may be in them, and I may be in them. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, please open my eyes and help me understand your word. As we approach Easter, I pray that you'd open me up to what's going on here in John 17. I want to understand your heart and what you were asking as you prepared to leave the world. I want to know you, and through knowing you, to know the Father. I want to know God. Please teach me. 
couple ideas as we close out today. Read John 17 regularly this week. I would invite you to read it once in the morning and once at night. And then the second thing, take some time this week to extract yourself from just the craziness of life and think about Jesus and his sacrifice. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.